All right, welcome to Ivy Talks. This is your host, Finest Rogers Stripping the Fourth. And today's episode is Fitness, Sports, and Lifestyle, episode two, no, episode three, Sports Development. And I'd like to introduce my guest speaker, Dominic Nelson. How you doing? It's a pleasure, Finest. It's a pleasure. Awesome. So how about we, before we get deep into how about we start off kind of telling people where you're from, um, how you got to where you are, and like what you're doing now, stuff like that. All right, no problem. So my name is Dominic Nelson. I'm um, originally from East St. Louis, Illinois. Um, I actually ended up meeting Fine Stribling at the University of Missouri, where I got my degree in health science. And um, I played football for the University of Missouri. I played uh, safety and corner, cornerback. And um, yeah, it was a great experience. All right, and, and tell tell the people what you're doing right now, uh, kind of like why I chose you to be the, the sports development guy. So right now at the moment, I work at a performance development academy called Elite, Elite Performance Academy in Chesterfield, Missouri, where we help kids and athletes of all types of ages from six all the way up to a professional. Um and we train them from strength and conditioning to skill-specific stuff, depending on their sport. Um, sometimes we do a little athletic training, as in uh, rehab. But most of the time, we do a lot of um, skill development, as in if you're a football player, we help you develop those specific skills for the position that you aspire to be. Um, and it's pretty successful. It's been developed for over 20 years. Uh, we have a lot of notable players that have come through us, uh, people like Blaine Gabbard, um, also Marcus Golden, um, Deron Neal, who played Oklahoma. Um, so it's a lot of guys that have come through St. Louis that have uh, trained and worked out at our facility. So it's really a privilege. Oh, for sure, for sure. So now – uh, kind of going into, I guess, more of like you, you specifically, um, how do you keep up with your training uh, while balancing all this, like your, your personal training? So it actually works out perfectly for me because it puts me in an environment where um, a lot of people are aspiring to be better. So most of the time, and usually every day, I choose a specific group and um, I do the workout with them. So I, I demonstrate, and then everything I would do, they would do. So, for example, um, Mondays is a high-intensity cardio day. And Mondays, sometimes we do sprints outside. Sometimes we do uphill training. Sometimes we do parachute training, where we run with the parachutes on our back. And then sometimes we do sled training, which we do with the prowlers. And on those days, you know what I'm saying, it's all about getting the heart rate up building up endurance and kind of mentally preparing yourself to push yourself farther than you've been pushed before. Because our job is to make you, to push you to another level as an athlete that you wouldn't normally go at a practice, a high school practice or a little league practice to kind of um, expand your horizon, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? To push you to be the yeah. best you can actually be. And um, not going <laughs> to lie, some days the athletes hate me. <laughs> Some days I'm sure. 
But at the end of the day, it's all for the betterment of their career. You know. Right. It's and so going off of kind of the whole uh your personal interests. So what are you what are your future plans from from here? Like what's what's your what's your end game? What's the what's the main goal? Uh my main goal as far as you talk about ten plus years. Yes. So ten plus years I wanna be well established. Um basically be done with my professional career as far as being a football athlete and I want to go into the coaching spectrum and the training spectrum. So kind of what I do already and then maybe coaching as well. So um So a little double dipping. Yeah, definitely double dipping. And I think and this is something that I've been thinking about for a while now. Um, one of the issues with coaching, especially at the collegiate level, is time. And, of course, as a, you know, a heterosexual male, I plan on having a family. And I plan on having kids, you know, a wife. And I, I plan on my household being kind of my focus of my life, my reason why. So, at the end of the day, coaching, the time it takes to actually be a good coach at the collegiate level it takes time from your family. And that's one of the issues that I see with it. And it's hard to balance both. Whereas, right. You know what I'm saying? Whereas training on the upside is you get to kind of pick and choose when you get guys to come in. You know what I'm saying? Kind of make your kind own of, schedule. Right. You get to make your own schedule, so to speak. Which in, And then in turn, I can bring my kids into my workplace. You know what I'm saying? And manage, kind of manage things, manage my schedules, and still be active in my children's life. Whereas coaching, you're on the road, um, you kind of pour out your, your heart and soul into the other athletes, you know, the athletes at whatever institution you're at, and you kind of can be consumed by that. Therefore, if you pour yourself out so much, then what's left for your home life? And I've seen coaches try to do both. I've only seen a few be very, very successful at it, you know. And it's also a struggle my dad went through when he coached basketball, East St. Louis High School is where um, it's hard to balance the home life, the work life, and the coaching life all at once. And you miss things at home. And that's something I'm not willing to risk. Oh, yeah. that, that It's funny you said that because uh, when I did the podcast with Grant, he was kind of saying the same thing in terms of he thought he wanted to get into coaching, but the, the, the time commitment is just – it's a lot. We see it. We see more, when we was at Mizzou, we was we spent more time with the coaches than they did their own kids. So you know, you could t- definitely see it. Right, and and it's it's um it can be a hard pill to swallow because I, I remember uh, coach, oh, what was his name? What was our coach that went to Tulsa? He had a little kid. He had a son. Oh, uh, EA, Coach EA. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had a son, and he would try to bring his son to the facilities. Once again, strength and conditioning coach. Very different than a position coach, but right. the time commitment is just about the same. And I talked to him about that, and he said, Nelly, it gets hard, you know, because you want to be in your children's life, but your job requires you to come to work at 5 a.m. and then stay until around 9 p.m. Therefore, you're gone before they wake up and you're back in their sleep and you right. miss it. And he said, you know, 
it can be okay for maybe a day or two. But after a while, it becomes your lifestyle where you're missing weeks and maybe a month at a time. And you have no idea what your kids are doing, how they're growing up, who they're around. You're missing the memories. You're missing experiences. And, you know, when, when kids are younger, those are the days that they remember. You know what I'm saying? Those when you can make the biggest impact on their life. And he was saying that, you know, that gets hard, which is why as much as he could, he would bring his son to the facility. It makes sense. You know, and shout out to all the coaches out there because not everybody could do that, especially because, you know, they're doing that. But you know, at the end of the day, they, they're doing it to provide. It's just you just got to right. sacrifice. Right. So now tell me what's your process. So do you mainly deal with groups or individuals or like you sometimes both? Uh, both. So during the week, um, the way it's set up, we get delegated people. And then sometimes people request us. So most of the time I get requested high school athletes that play receiver, DB, and linebacker. And those guys want private sessions. And all that is is an hour just for them. You stretch, you warm up. I try to get them at least an hour 10 so the warm-up doesn't go into that actual training. You know what I'm saying? So they can maximize the time. And we do, depending on, we go week to week. We do uh, once a week. And one week we'll work technique and form. Sometimes I do speed training with guys. So we'll work technique and form and strength and mobility. And then for the guys who we do skill training, we do one week we'll do technique as in backpedal, uh, mobility, um, breaks, you know, 45-90 break, 135 break, um, foot placement, uh, singing of the hips, stuff like that, stuff that that you really can't get at a high school practice. We go through the very, very detailed things, right. the small things that make you better athletes. And then the next week, we'll go through actually live reps of, you know, doing a break, you know what I'm saying, reacting, catching, you know what I'm saying. Um, and we'll do as much as possible to get them ready for a game, so to speak, if they had one. So every week they take something away that they didn't have before, and it prepares them more and more for their season. Now, right now, it's a very, very delicate situation because of the uncertainty of the season. So we get athletes from – at my facility, we get athletes from Illinois as far as um, Mount Vernon, and we get athletes in Missouri as far as Festus, and sometimes Mobley. And they'll drive in, you know what I'm saying? Some people drive an hour or two just to train with us for about two or three hours. You know, so we twice a week we do a session, skill session, where we work um, position work, kind of like a practice, and then we get to compete, which means we bring in our quarterbacks, all our quarterbacks that train with us, running backs, tight ends, and so on, linebackers, D-line, and so on. And we work position work with other athletes, kind of a group session. And then we compete against. So O-line, D-line compete, receiver, DB compete. You know what I'm saying? Safeties and slot receivers and running backs compete. And it's kind of – it's a great environment because you got kids coming together that wouldn't normally see each other, kids from different states, kids definitely from different cities, kids of all ages coming to actually compete and actually interact with each other, which is 
the great thing about football, really, it brings people together that wouldn't normally interact. For example, me and you. If it wasn't for football, I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't have any idea you existed. Right. But, yeah. But it brought us together. From brought you from Franklin, Tennessee. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Now, whoa, buddy, whoa, buddy! Not Franklin. Let's not get carried away. The station, baby. Tom, okay. Thompson okay. Station. Thompson Station. You right. Shout out three seven one seven nine. Look, we rivals with Franklin. Okay. 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 My bad. No disrespect to nobody in Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? No, it's all good. It's the same area, low-key. Yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? You get my point, though. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. It's a unifier. Right. That's the great great advantage of athletics in general. You know what I'm saying? Which is why it's kind of disheartening to know that most of the high school athletes and middle school, younger guys, and even college athletes won't get to experience that this year. You know, because of the pandemic. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of uncertainty. Um, And so you kind of answered one of my other things I wanted to talk about, which is basically your process for group versus individuals. So you kind of talked on how, you know, you'll have corners, you might have a corner come in and then um, at some point you have, you'll start, I guess, do more of like um, group work where you'll have, I guess, the defense doing stuff together the office doing stuff together. So mm-hmm. I want to ask specifically how what's your what's your process for training groups versus individuals in terms of the individual position. So like let's say you have a group of just like a, a bunch of group of corners come in. Is your process the same for going over that whole group? Let's just say it's a group of 10 corners or yeah. Mm-hmm. Is your process for your tr- you know, your training that you would do for the group, the same as the individual, and it's just multiple people, or do you try to switch it up if it's a bigger group? So definitely, if it's a bigger group, I have to change it. I can't be as tedious. You know what I'm saying? I can't be as uh, focused in and zoned in on one individual person. I have to make it something. I have to make the workout or the activity that we're doing something very broad where we can all get better at it and I can still see what we need to work on. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I can still focus. You, you, know you, can, you can stretch that time. Exactly. Because basically if you focus too much on one person at, at a time and let's say it's an hour session, the hour can go by quick without actually getting much done. Exactly. And yeah. then while I'm coaching that one individual, I can miss, the other person misses out on the opportunity. You get what I'm saying? So it'd be like if we did, if we worked on just breaks. Breaks off our right foot, going to our left, do a 45 break. I would make, we would do, start off, we do, everybody go. So I can coach up everybody as they go. Then we do buddy breaks. Now I can see your 45 break compared to another individual. And I can coach that up. You know what I'm saying? And right. you know what I'm saying? Get more and more involved. And then we transition to the 90 and so on and such on. And, you know what I'm saying, it has to be different. The focus has to be different because I can't be that zoned in on one individual. You know what I'm saying? I have to be focused on the whole entire group. And it gets especially hard when you have little kids. Because, once again, I had one coach say, you don't really know anything if you can't explain it to a third grader. That's really what it is. I have to break it down to the most basic, fundamental level to reach the smaller kids. You know what I'm saying? And I have to word it uniquely for them so they can get it 
And it takes time, you know, but over time, like, I've been working there since, I want to say, the beginning of March. So now I have a relationship with the kids where I know, okay, this kid struggles with this. I got to sit like this to this kid. This mo- this motivates this kid, you know what I'm saying? Right. High schoolers are kind of all the same, so to speak. You know, A little you more mature. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, talk a little stuff. They give you a little more. You know what I'm saying? They can always give you more. Kids, you got to fight for their focus. <laughs> It's, it's literal. It's literal. You got to fight for their focus, fight for their trust. Their intention span. And once, yeah. And once they respect you, they'll do it. You know what I'm saying? And you, can, you can't be very petty on what you want to call out. You know what I'm saying? You just want them to do it correctly. And we'll work on that. You know what I'm saying? You got to ha- You gotta make it fun for them. You got to. Because some kids, the unique thing about it, some kids are forced to come by their parents. And then some kids want to be there. The good thing is, it's not hard to see. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. It's easy to see. You know what I'm saying? Some kids will go hard from the jump, and you can see it in a warm-up. You know what I'm saying? Some kids love football, and you can see it in a warm-up. And then some kids just don't want to be here. Just going and through the motion. Because as a kid, it was a lot of stuff I didn't want to do, and I had to, you know? So I, I have to be able to, you know what I'm saying, loosen the rope a little bit for them, you know, and understand that, Mentally, they might not be in the moment, but while you're here, I'm, we gonna we gonna make you better, and we are gonna maximize this time. Well, another kid, they're hungry, they want it. Coach, can I go again? You know what I'm saying? I have to bottle it up and, and allow them to be who they want to be, while still reaching to the kid who doesn't want to be here. Right. So, you know, since kind of, you know, what I'm saying it's it's a unique situation to be in, but it's kind of like trial and error. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Right, right. But older kids definitely easier. Because it's like, you know what I'm saying? You can kind of say stuff like, you don't want to be here. You can go. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, and they'll just go. Exactly. But the truth is, they wouldn't come and spend their money if they did not want to be here. They just wouldn't come. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so that, but that's a, that's something that triggers them. Like, okay, let me get my stuff together. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's it. And the, the great thing is, the more I've worked there, it's a group of guys that come in daily, hungry, want to work, want to get better. And the workouts I have them doing, the high-intensity work especially, our Mondays and our Thursdays, when we first started doing that, because the workout that I that I brought to the program was, was basically Mizzou workouts and workouts that I had did with NFL and CFL guys. So this is next-level training. And we're doing it, and I'm letting them know, you might die today. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You're right. You got to die to live, so to speak, in athletics. Oh, you yeah. Push it. So it's like they died the first two weeks. Now they're machines, mentally stronger, physically stronger. And it's nothing they feel like they can't do. Like yesterday we did play pushes. And the first time we did that, they died. Like I'm talking about laying on their backs. Two dudes threw up, all type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Just gone. Yesterday, smashed it. Even my worst guy smashed it. And as a trainer, you can stick your chest out knowing that, okay, they're progressing. And the number one thing I like about that is when we get a new guy that comes in, he might be more athletic. He might be more physically gifted. But when the guys that come every day, 
can smash it and they can outwork everybody that comes in the gym and you can see the work, I really take pride in that because it's like I can see the improvement. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they see it. It builds their confidence. Yeah, makes feel like it, it, it's a good motivator to make you go even harder when you start to see the fruits of your labor. Exactly. I got a guy named Jack. He's a sophomore, and not the most athletic guy, not the most physically fit guy, but from the time he came in to yesterday, he's come every day to every skill session, to every performance session, every opportunity to get better, and he took one step forward every day. Now. We're, what, two, three months down the line. His footwork is significantly better. His confidence is there because he sees it paying off when we do position work and performance. And skill work, he sees it. He's faster. He's stronger. And one thing about the game of football specifically is it's mental. Oh, yeah. If you can or if you tell yourself you can or can't do it, you're right. You know? And the confidence comes from when you put that work in. When you put that work in and you prepare yourself mentally and physically, when it comes time to perform, you believe you can do it. And you will because you put that time in. Oh, yeah, I agree. We've been there before. So uh, now I want to get into, uh, I guess it's kind of a segue, but same kind of thing. Um so with your guys, do do you um, train them as far as weights? So um, we we have a, a strength guy who comes in and trains them with weight room specific stuff. But some sometimes I do take over that part of the program as well. Okay, well how I want to get on this because this is kind of tricky, especially for younger guys that are still trying to find their way or fill out, you know what it really means to be great. Uh, but mm-hmm. how important is the balance between weight training versus skill training in us? Like in just any sport this, I mean, this can go for any sport. What's the, what's the importance of that balance? I think the balance is very, it's very important. Don't get me wrong, but it's not as important until they get to, I would say high school. Right. Cause before that, their body's still developing you want to let their body kind of get to a plateau, as you, as I would say, where they can actually, all right, this is my body. Let me get used to my body. Now let's build this muscle, build this, build this. Let's build a foundation, so to speak, you know. Because one of the things, when I was in high school, the weight room was there, but we hardly lifted, hardly. And it was tough when I got to Mizzou when I was one of the smaller guys that came in our class. You remember? Yeah. And when it came to the weight room, everybody that was from the South, so to speak, talking from Tennessee all the way to Florida. Yes, sir. They were experienced in the weight room, like knew what a hand clean was, a power clean, and actually strong, you know, where me, Harley touched the weight, barely 150, struggling. I'm on the back rack, the rack of shame. <laughs> the back rack. <laughs> The rack of shame. And it was me and another St. Louis guy. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, we didn't see the importance of the weight room. But you rest assured, we knew the importance of some skill work. 
can do some footwork, you know what I'm saying, can catch the ball, can throw it, you know what I'm saying, we can do everything on the field, but that rate room is just as important. And I think, I try to tell guys, you know what I'm saying, from freshman to senior year, you got to grind because if somebody else that's trying to outwork you, you might not know their name, you might not know their nationality, you might not even know they exist. But just, just believe somebody's working while you, while you goofing. Right. And PG version. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it's funny because like, uh, on my perspective, you know, I'm kind of on the opposite side where my high school, you know, we, we lifted a lot. We lifted. There's, it was kind of because our, our, my senior year, we got a new head coach. Shout out Coach Blade. And he ran more of like a college level, you know, training for high school. So, I mean, we waking up at 5 a.m to be at the gym, to uh, work out and stuff, almost kind of kind of like mat drills, but not that mm-hmm. intense. But, you know, we were lifting in the mornings. And, he, like, you know, that was a serious part of our training. So, you know, when I got to Mizzou, you know, I wasn't big, but, you know, I could outlift anybody in my weight class just, just because this is all I did. And then I kind of knew from an early age, that I I was all for you know a lot of people think you know oh I got like these great genetics or the other but like if you knew me when I was young I was not always just like you know this stout you know this stout <laughs> dude like I was tiny you know I was I was right. I was a toothpick and then I can get to a story of how I started working out because I was getting bullied yada yada but but, but fast forward to to high school I kind of knew that you know I, if I wanted to play ball because I didn't really like football I didn't really I didn't, I started playing in middle school. Because my friends like, man, you'd be good at it. You know, you're fast, yada, yada, yada. You're athletic because I was a basketball player. I was like, yeah, I guess I'll play. My friends play. And then, you know, I kind of just played. But I didn't really like football. So I got to high school and I finally made up my mind. I want to go play college ball. I was like, I got to get bigger. Like my freshman year, I was 120 pounds, like little. (laughs) And I think I, I got I, I gained I went from 120 to 160 in one year. I gained like almost what is that? 40 pounds. Pa- I gained 40 pounds in the off season just because I knew I needed to take this seriously. So it's just you know it's crazy how growing up in two different places with you know different emphasis on on different stuff that can make a huge impact like that right and and one of the things why i was small too is because i played quarterback so i mean oh yeah you don't need to be yeah we we, we didn't lift anyway yeah quarterbacks don't lift you can't mess you can't throw off that arm yeah (laughs) right so the weight room was kind of a like hey you know what i'm saying i'd be in here crack a few jokes motivate some people you know what i'm saying but i ain't gotta actually lift no weights what was I wrong? Yeah. Uh, so, what's the what do you see as the number one separator or the number one difference in seeing a guy that's good and a guy that's great? Like, what's that? What 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 is that 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 you can just you know when you see a guy you're like oh yeah, this guy's the truth. Like, what's what's the separator for that? It's that work ethic and that desire to get better no matter what. Because a lot of guys, they got talent, but hard work be talent seven days out of the week. You know what I'm saying? To a certain extent, let's not be naive. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. 
if I got a guy, two guys that got talent, let's say one guy is about a 70 overall and one guy is a 75. If that 75 has a desire to work and get better every day, initially and eventually, he's going to be better than that 80 overall that is giving me half effort. Right. That's only doing stuff when the lights on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you can see it because they'll go all out. Those are dudes who are diving in practice. Those are the dudes who are finishing plays. Those are dudes who are not giving up on stuff. Because like I tell guys all the time, no matter what goes on at the beginning of the play, it's how you finish. I've seen dudes get beat at the line, fall. Dudes running the vertical. He runs, he's chasing, chasing, chasing. Because he didn't give up on the play, the dude drops the ball, he runs and he drops right into the DB's arm. Pick. Off of strictly effort, it takes nothing to give effort. Right. It takes nothing. It's free. You know? And stuff like that pays off. And it's like, I told my group guys yesterday, the great thing about this game of football, and really athletics in general, whatever you put in, you're going to get that back. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get it back. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. Those guys who put in that work every day. And you know what I'm saying? And doesn't have to be training every day. But those guys who are stretching on off days, those guys who are working out, those guys who are conditioning themselves, those guys who are holding themselves accountable on a daily basis, those are the guys who see the benefits when it counts. That's the difference. Okay, I hear you. I hear you, Coach Nelson. Coach Nelly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So go this, this is my my last basically my last little topic and then you'll have the floor. But uh what are some tips and advice for athletes that are basically they have minimal resources? So maybe they they can't you know, they can't afford a trainer or maybe they can't afford a membership and they're kind of just working out like their backyard or like in the you know, some grass somewhere. What are some tips or advice you'd give to those athletes? The greatest gift right now to any athlete, whether you got resources or not, is social media. I wish when we were kids we could see what Terrell Owens was doing to train. You know what I'm saying? I think now it's so it's so much easier to to find resources and not resources, but just find ways to work out with limited resources. Because now, just quarantine, for example, a lot of people were working out. And they were videoing their workouts at home. Right, YouTube is is huge yeah, right now. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. The, the social media aspect of everything it makes everything literally at your fingertips. So the excuse I couldn't get to the gym it's not an excuse anymore. Oh, not at all. Because it's things you can do at home. I think for somebody with limited resources, body weight stuff, dips, push ups, sit ups, you know what I'm saying, lunges. Things like that. Um, for the guys who are trying to do skill work and can't, don't have anybody to throw to or anything like that, footwork. Footwork. Footwork is important in every position in every sport. You know? Right. You know, so that's something you can work on. And then the thing is, the thing about a great leader that can motivate others. So you're not going to probably get, you're not going to get the whole team. Let's be realistic, but you can get a group of guys, and it might not be the people you want it to be, but you got to take what you can get. Get you a group of two or three friends that are willing to work as hard as you're working, 
and you guys push each other. You know what I'm saying? Because it might not be the best player on your team. It might not be the second best player on your team. But if it's a guy that's willing to put in work, you got to take that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because it benefits both of you anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know that's – I always believe – you know that saying you're only as strong as your weakest link? Yeah. Well, it's always important. If you're as strong as your weakest link, link strong. You know what I'm saying? You know, if, you, right. your, if you can get your weakest link on the team to be a, a 85 overall, you straight. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what I, that's what I always believed about stuff like that. But and yeah, even man. being a, a leader on your team, you know, what right? I'm you need to that, have that relationship with everybody, not just starters. Ex- yeah. yeah, bring everybody. I think that's the one thing I liked about Mizzou was that uh, no matter if a dude started or or not, you know what I'm saying. I made it my personal business to make sure that they feel like they were important to me. You right. Yeah. You build that relationship because at the end of the day, you never know when you might need that individual. You know what I'm saying? And that and that even goes. Yeah, that even goes past football. Just you know, as a just yeah, life as a whole. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, you got the floor. Is there anything you want to bring up? Talk about? Oh, I mean, sure. We kind of hit everything that I want to talk about. I just think you know, in these times right now. Um, exposure is one of the biggest things now as far as you need to be putting in as much work as possible and recording it. You know what I'm saying? Because now it's going to be a lack of film. And it's a real, it's a real strange position that everybody's in with it's going to be a group of seniors that might not have a, a football season in high school. You know what I'm saying? And then right. now recruiting is going to be even more difficult. You know what I'm saying? So every everybody, when things get tough, you gotta you gotta step up to the plate. You gotta be creative. You gotta be intuitive. You know what I'm saying? And it's really how bad do you want it? Honestly, you know what I'm saying? Because I got some guys who at my job, they um people I train, they're sending workout videos to coaches, to to college coaches. Like, hey, that's what I'm doing. That's what I can do. Is it something you want to see? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if you, you want it that bad. You would do that. Yeah, that's what you, you gotta, gotta do. Get you get you a tripod from Amazon. Exactly. Go ahead, set that up. Right. Just send it out. Right. Get your girlfriend or boyfriend to record. You know what I'm saying? Your mom or dad, whatever, and get to yeah. work. Like you said, there's there's with the technology we got, there's no excuse for no. You know, effort. Because it, it's one thing if you know you put in all this effort, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. But don't be that guy that half-assed everything and then complains about, oh, he didn't get a chance because this and that when they he only put in 40% effort. No, 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 no. There's right. no excuse anymore. Because now you're going to have regrets, and that's one of the things that I try to do. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it all the way. They won't say Nelly didn't give it a chance. It's, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're not gonna, I'm not going to do that to myself. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like if I got it in me and if that's my desire, and I'm going to make sure everything I do is lining up with my desire and my goal and my dream. So, therefore, if it doesn't work out, I can say, you know what? It couldn't have been meant to be because I gave it my all. Right. Yeah, it just wasn't meant to be. Yes, no doubt. No regret. Life lessons from Uncle Nelson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, all right. Uh, so, is that it? Yeah, that'd be right. it. 
Man, I appreciate you having me on, man. Well, thank you, thank you for coming on, man. You know, I'm reaching out, trying to get all this stuff going. Yeah, hey man, I'm behind you 130 percent. Ooh, 130. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, man, I appreciate it. And then I'll, I'll hit you up off air. We can talk about some stuff, but appreciate it again, man, for no taking your time out of your day. No problem, man. And all, all right, right all right, that's all we have for this episode. Thank you for. Thank you for listening to uh, IV Talks brought to you by IV Productions. Signing off.